Petrangelo and Eichel play catch out high. Right wing shot, save, rebound, score! Stevenson, power play goals in consecutive games. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Pass goes to Marcia Silk, behind and for Eichel. The left sidewall, up top Petrangelo, to the right, Theodore shoots, he scores! 41 seconds to go. Theodore scores his second of the period. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. It is a hockey night in Vegas all weekend long. We are getting ready for it uh, because... We've got games popping up on our schedule that we didn't even know about. Uh, welcome yeah. into the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio. Uh, I mentioned that tomorrow is a doubleheader for the VGK organization. Mm-hmm. The Henderson Silver Knights play an American Hockey League game at 11 a.m. tomorrow morning at Dollar Loan Center. Yeah. And then it's the Golden Knights at 3 o'clock against the Anaheim Ducks. Saturday night is the U.S. Hall of Fame game, the NCAA Division One contest between the University of North Dakota Sixth-ranked team in the nation against Arizona State University and Sunday. Wrap it up with the 5 o'clock tilt between Winnipeg and the Golden Knights. Uh, I'm going to add to that. Tonight at 11.59 over at City National Arena, one of the midnight games. One of those um, great ones from the Wranglers uh, days that we used to see in the ECHL. UNLV faces ASU. Mm Mm-hmm. At that level, and then they'll play again on on Saturday. So yep. we've got two two more college hockey games coming at you. If you're out and about and you want to catch some hockey at 11:59, it's one of the coolest experiences that you can put yourself through in Vegas mm-hmm. with one of the midnight hockey games. Yeah, the the midnight starts are, are just absolutely fantastic. The energy in the building is usually really high, and I I loved. Every midnight game I ever went to. If you've never been to a midnight game, go. Stop what you're doing tonight. Go. Watch the UNLV skating Rebels in a midnight game. It's it's the best time you'll ever have. The the best part is we play at 9:50. Special ops team playing at 9:50. Oh wow! And then it's the Rebs both at City National Arena. We'll let you. I tell you what, right now, okay. if if you want to go to the Rebel game. <laughs> We'll let you in free to our game. So you're the tune-up. We are the opening act tonight. Wow. Special Ops against these smooth skating agents, I believe, uh, we're playing tonight. They've got our number lately. So back-to-back games, 9.50 and then 11.59. Are, are you a product of your team's the, uh, defensive structure, or are you the goaltender that, that no, really, I, 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 really props up a team? I break down our defensive structure. Got it. Okay. Minute okay. by minute, so, shot by shot. So the shot you're not supposed a, to save, you're not getting either? There is not a defensive zone structure <laughs> that can make me effective on the ice that goalies every one of every one of my teammates would agree (laughs) with that i never said too much credit i said the team should get more credit than they're getting right now i agree that the team should get credit that's what i I was saying uh golden knights against the anaheim ducks tomorrow the ducks lost last night uh they have off to (laughs) got off to a, a very Disappointing, sluggish start to this campaign with just one win to kick off the season against a Golden Knights squad that uh, you heard John Shannon in hour number one mm-hmm. talk about how it's uh, turning heads around the NHL with the third best start in franchise history through eight games. Here is head coach Bruce Cassidy ahead of 
tomorrow's tilt. Uh, it's been a pleasure, to be honest with you. He's uh, a true pro, hardworking every day, um, wants to play the right way. We've changed the way we play a little bit from last year, so he's asking a lot of questions, wants to get it right, so he's very inquisitive that way. Uh, hardest, you know, if not the hardest working guy in practice every day, damn close. Um, so these are all uh, great leadership skills, uh, qualities. So you know, very grateful to have guys like that in the locker room. All right. And then from my experience with Alex was more in uh, when he started Manchester. I was in Providence. So I saw him as a young guy. I saw him at the beginning and now towards, better not say the end, right? The back, the back nine. I saw him tee off early and then uh, watched him in between. So we saw a lot of him back then. You could tell he was going to be a, a good hockey player, could really skate, join the rush, defend well, competitive, and that hasn't changed. Bruce Cassidy talking about Alec Martinez as he spoke to the media today at City National Arena. Yeah, you know, they, they will probably flip at some point. I've left that open to them. Um, I wrote it down on the board that way, so maybe they think this is a hard and fast rule, to be honest with you. Uh, whatever's comfortable for them. Um, my uh, message to them the other night was support each other better. I thought they got spaced out against a team that uh, presses up, so I think you need to be better better support. So whatever side you're on. I think the way the game's played now, honestly, wingers end up, they're kind of interchangeable. They work on those skills, taking pucks off the wall. Most of them like to one-time the puck and be on their offside entering the ozone a lot. The problem is taking pucks off the board sometimes is, is, a, is a different animal, whether you're skating into it or absorbing pressure and flipping it out. Uh, so there's some different things there, but at the end of the day, uh, I trust them whatever side they're on. Um, so no strong you know, objection if they were to switch mid-game. Yeah, he's sick. Um, so... We're going to try to keep him away from the rest of the locker room. It's that time of year. I think it's going around. So I, I would say Delphi for tomorrow just because he didn't skate today and yesterday was a day off. But let's see how he does in the morning. Yeah, I think it does. They, I'm sure they know where Carly likes to be. Listen, he's pretty predictable to me, Carly, coming from underneath. Like a lot of our centers are really buying into that, so it makes it a lot easier for the wingers to know that. They can hear him, you know, probably talking to them as well. I think that's the other thing. If you've been together a long time, you probably communicate better, uh, even verbally. You, you throw guys together, sometimes they're a little reticent to talk to one another. It's just the way it is. So there's probably a little bit of that that we don't even know goes on. Um, just from familiarity. So it certainly helps in every situation, I would think, especially in ozone cycles when you get your back turned. There's a, you know, a defender dragging on your back and you hear guys and you kind of know where they are before they get there. I think that's what makes lines like that special. Um, we saw some shifts like that once they did get in the ozone. I thought in the neutral zone, that's where they got spread out a bit. But uh, in general, real, real good second half of the game. Um, and we're going to need it, right? You can't, can't just have a top line scoring. We got Phil got a big goal for us the other day from the third line. So I think that's one of the reasons is we're getting balanced scoring. I think pretty much everyone on the team is, my mistake in there, has scored a goal for us up front. Yeah. So I mean that that matters, you know. And those, especially we've been in a lot of close games. So uh, you need something from everyone, and they're um, certainly doing their part. And I'd like to see them stay together for a while if we could. But as I said before, 
who knows what the future holds, but uh, them getting thrown back together is probably a little bit easier than throwing a different line back together. Misfits skating together again for the Vegas Gold Knights as he listened to Bruce Cassidy and his morning media well, briefing. Well, for a coach, it's, it's a dream, right? It's part of here. This is why we defend the way we do to get pucks back so that we can transition and hopefully with speed and numbers. So, yes, I mean, that, that's why you play defense, to get a puck back. Now, would we rather get it back forechecking first? Yes. If that doesn't work, well, hopefully in the neutral zone. If that doesn't work, we'll go break it out. That's kind of the messaging to the guys and why we play like we do away from the puck. Um, so that we can get it back, hopefully sooner rather than later. And a lot of times, teams that forecheck, San Jose falls into that category. They're hard on the forecheck. They get it in deep. You have to be good in your breakout. It seems like the power play has looked good when it's set up lately, but uh, maybe the struggles have been answering and getting set up. What do you think the kind of Yeah, I think our entries have been very average, and I don't think we're finishing our routes at times and supporting the last touch to get separation. I think last night we had a really good entry in San Jose there with Carly and Phil. You know, we saw something on video where you get through the middle, it just hopped over Phil's stick. They had a two-on-one. So sometimes it's execution as well uh, at the end. Sometimes it's puck support. Um, I like what we've done the last few games in terms of the, the plays we're trying to make, get plays closer to the net. Um, that, like I said, is, I think will be a work in progress for a while. They've had different, you know, Jack has switched sides completely. Mark is now in the bumper, so there's some newness there. but. I like what I'm seeing in terms of when they're on, their mentality of uh, guys being in good spots in terms of how they can produce. Um, now it's just a matter of clicking and finding the plays that are automatic to them, right? And then some of that is just going to take time. <clears throat> well, he's certainly dynamic, um, you know, with the puck. He, he finds ways to also excel in, in uh, big moments, right? It seems like that's a bit of his game. Um, I don't know him that well. Like a lot of young guys, it's we saw more of a guy like him, like Jack Hughes, say in Jersey, I saw a lot more. I find them similar. They just, they got to find their way, learn how to win in the league and be um, able to produce against their numbers circled on the board every night because they're good players and they have to find a way to, you know, kind of play through it. That's the challenge all those young guys seem to have. But uh, he's, he's dangerous on the power play. I know last year when I was, I, he beat us in a game for sure with a shot, maybe twice. So um, we'll have to be mindful of that tomorrow. Asked about Trevor Zegras, who he will face tomorrow night against the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, well, I, we all talked about it, and, and the messaging was about expectation and, and how, what good teams do compared to average and bad teams. And, and they do not beat themselves, and I thought in the second period that was a problem for us. Um, and, and the guys obviously talked about, okay, what does that entail, not beating yourself? And... and Went out and executed very well. Managed pucks. Shift length was good. Um, second effort. Structure in the D zone. All those things came through for us in the third period. If you're a coach watching video, there's certain, you know, you, Gary, someone asked me in preseason, are you going to throw that game out against San Jose? Like during the year, you're going to throw some video out. There's also days you keep video, right? And you keep it on the shelf. The Toronto game was a good example of that. And the third period was a good example in San Jose. Those are ones you go back to and say, this is what we look like 
when we're a good hockey club. And that's what happened in the third. So uh, good for the guys to get it done. Um, doesn't matter the opposition to me. Doesn't matter that it was back-to-back. -back. All that stuff's irrelevant. Just going out and recognizing that, you know, you got to clean up your game and, and then actually doing it in all three zones. That's a good question. Um, he got, what do you see the doctor? The 18th, right? So we are, what are we today, 27? So... I think he's still a week away from being cleared, personally. I think he has another appointment. I thought it was two weeks from the last time. So will not be cleared this weekend. Um, so he wouldn't be till at least next week. Will he go on the road trip? That, that, that would, I can answer that for you. Give me a day or two to figure that out. That's Bruce Cassidy today at his uh, post-practice media availability. A uh, couple of things. Uh, the last answer was in response to the status of Laurent Brassois, who's been out there working with the team lately, but not medically cleared. Mm -hmm. uh, had that appointment with the doctor about 10 days ago. Uh, still sounds like he might be a ways away, but they do go on that extended road trip next week, uh, starting in Washington. So uh, we'll see whether or not uh, he starts there, or he could be there's the uh, possibility that he could be assigned uh, to Henderson. Uh, he would have to agree to that, I believe, based on his uh, level of service uh, to go along that uh, that road. But uh, we'll we'll keep you up to date on that. And Keaton Colasar not practiced today, a little bit under the weather, so his status for tomorrow is up in the air, might allow for uh, a Jake Lecician or a Paul Cotter to get back in. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of how the Golden Knights are configured tomorrow, whether or not uh, Keegan Colasar will be able to play. I, I you know, you, you don't want to take any chances really when it comes to any of that. So you, you heard from Bruce Cassidy, he said he was doubtful to play tomorrow. So if that's the case, then it gives you an opportunity, if you're Bruce Cassidy, to get one of, uh, one of your extras into a game. And, well, Jake and, hasn't played this year. Right. And Paul has. I wonder if that you you could position that mm -hmm. either way. Yeah. Get Jake in, or Paul's been in and has been able to play with multiple different combinations. Right. What What's your gut tell you? Like, if, uh, if Keegan can't go, where do you where do you think it goes? I wouldn't be surprised if Jake got in. Yeah. Yeah. Give him good, a look. good good opportunity. Yeah. Uh, to to get him in, but again, you could. It, it's absolutely flip a coin, and and both both decisions mm. uh, would be great. Now you you don't want Jake to go too long, right? So if you do get him in here, uh, that before the road trip, that would be that would be ideal. Uh, before you actually need him, if something heaven forbid does happen that yeah. you, you have a somebody go down and can't go or sickness or something like that, like to to have him a little bit fresher than he is right now, but not having played uh, a game in the National Hockey League season this year. Yeah, I mean you're you're going nine games into the regular season before if he does mm -hmm. suit up tomorrow, but you know with with Jake's game, I think it's it's one of those he's a player that plays a type of game that I think you know you can trust if you're a coach. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Like, if you're forced into a position where you've got to change the lineup in some way, Jake Lecision is probably the guy that that should be going in because you don't want him to sit too much longer. You're looking uh, like I didn't see the other rink today, uh, but uh, Jake and Paul were overworking with Misha Donskoff, uh, mm -hmm. likely doing a lot more skill, uh, high tempo stuff. Uh, the with the idea of 
being available when they are called upon. So that's the the great part about having an incredible assistant coach like Misha Donskov, who's dialed into the skills part, also the rehab part, keeping guys uh, physically fit and, and ready to go or if they do pop in. Now, Jake played, I think, all seven preseason games. Yeah. So that uh, that's uh, a benefit. Mm-hmm. Like you, you mm-hmm. wonder, okay, why, why are these guys playing every game? Well, they wanted a good look. And now it's becoming a benefit because he got so many reps during the course of the National Hockey League preseason with Vegas. Yeah, it's a it's a good point. Um, you you certainly want to have that look. It helped Jake obviously because he's still here with with the team, a part of the team. Um, but you know, it, it's still over two and a half weeks ago, so it'll be interesting where the rust factor is going to be if Jake gets into the game because there's going to be some, and you're going to have to mitigate that somehow. Well, here's the the real crux of the matter is you don't want to send him down. No. Because if you send him down and you expose him to waivers, somebody's picking that player up. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I, I don't think you want to do that at all. But you're trying to find a rhythm with your lineup in the first 10 games. You move some pieces around. Cotter's been in and out. Amadio's been in and out. Sure. Uh, so you, you have made changes there, but you're still in the infancy of this organization under head coach Bruce Cassidy. Right. So you, you, there can't be too much uh, fiddling around just to get guys in to keep them fresh because you're in the process of trying to establish what your lines will be long term. Yeah, and it's like it's hard because you, you have an idea of what the top six is going to look like right now. And Bruce Cassidy kind of gave a a little indication that the the plan for the moment is to keep the misfits together for as long as possible, right? Like that's something we can draw out of it from there. I think the plan based on how they've played is Eichel with Stevenson and stone. That line has been really good for the golden Knights. So your, your bottom six, so to speak is, is really where you're trying to find the right combination. And Michael Amadio has come in and played some fantastic games. Phil Kessel has looked as good as he has looked all season long the last couple of games. I, you know, I, I think Nick was better down the middle than he is on the wing, but what kind of configurations can Bruce Cassidy come up with in his bottom six that include a Jake decision and a Paul Cotter when the time warrants it that gets you maybe more production? Now, now we're into a Canadian conversation because these things go on for weeks <laughs> and hours at a time on talk radio really? four weeks okay. talking about line combinations and lower in your lineup and I, how are you going to configure something like this? If you're looking at Cotter or Lecition, mm-hmm. are they more likely to get into the lineup on the third line or the Nick Waugh, Keegan Colasar, William Carrier unit? See, for me, I think that Paul Cotter's more likely to get in on the third line, and Jake Lecision's more likely to get in on the fourth line. I think hmm. it's a player per line. I see them both on the third line, going really? in, in in that kind of environment. That fourth line <laughs> is 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 very solid, very stable. You know what you're getting out of those three players, uh, and and you have a, a trust and a familiarity of what their job is. Start a periods, mm-hmm. roll over, get physical, give you some energy, and maybe a, a little bit of offense because of the Colasar Carrier and then the uh, the so, skill level of, of a Nick Watt. Lecition, uh, there's an idea of more to to offer up mm-hmm. offensively with Jake Lecition. Same with Paul Cotter. 
are they more suited to a third line where they're going to get uh, a more of an opportunity and more uh, ex- expectation to provide goals and assists? That's where I see them slotting in. Yeah, I, I see that for Paul Cotter. I see Nick Waugh as a player likely to be pushed up if everything holds as it is. Meaning, if Jack Eichel is your top-line center, if William Carlson is your second-line center, between Brett Howden and Nick Waugh long-term, I feel like Nick Waugh and his skill, what he brings to the table, what we saw from him last year, is more suited to a third-line role than a fourth-line role. I might have said that uh, at the start of the year as well. Yeah. Except Howden's blown me away. He's been really good. So that that's changed my opinion yeah. on, on where this is, and I think the world of Nick Waugh. And mm. I, if in a perfect situation, I, I think he's a tweener two three. I really do. That is there's it, there's that type of ceiling for him. I, but on this team, the way it's going right now, uh, and, and the chemistry that he has with his wingers, I love the way that that fourth line set up. In in the short term, I I would agree with you. I think that how it's configured at the moment is has been really really good for the Vegas Golden Knights. When you look at the balance, you look at how many people are on the score sheet for the Golden Knights up front. It, it's it's incredibly balanced. But longer term, at some point this year, I, I see Nick Wag being given or getting an opportunity up the lineup. I, I just do. I, What's I think long term to you? Midway point of the year. Hmm. I could see Nick Wag in that spot playing alongside Phil Kessel. I see that as uh, a shorter term. I see long term as almost three quarters to the whole year. If you're forecasting somebody long term, I'm going a year out as as long term. My 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 point is, I think at some point over the course of this year, you're going to have Nick Watt overtake that spot. Mm. Well, he's he's obviously got skill that they appreciate mm-hmm. because of this presence on the power play. I love him, but the way he's meshed with those other players. It's it's really established something concrete to begin. And now they don't have to worry about that Phil guy taking the starting assignment off games. They can just roll him out of the gate. Yeah. Phil Kessel at the Phil last guy. couple of yeah, uh, uh, starts. Did you see the video? So we talked about the picture the other day <laughs> yeah. uh, in the dressing room. Did, did you see, see the, the video, video. Of, yeah. of Mark Stone presenting the puck to Phil mm-hmm. and then the speech? Yep. I think that's so important for people to see Phil in his home, mm-hmm. his natural environment, that he it's not just he's uncomfortable speaking to us. Right. He's not a public speaking guy. But he, he, the, the chirping back and forth, the marks don't say, hey, we all have a lot of fun with this guy, but this is serious stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just think that, that was an amazing uh, opportunity to gain access to the Vegas Golden Knights and that, uh, the way things work inside that room. Yeah, I, I think it gives you an idea of, of who Phil Castle is, right? And, and that's, you know, the big thing for me is um, – when you get access, when you're in the locker room, when you're getting to see the guys just be the guys around themselves, mm-hmm. it's a completely different situation and scenario. And I I think that with Phil, there was like relief there that it's done, it's over. Absolutely, with. yeah. But it was also, you know what? Okay, I, I, I I've got I've got this moment with the guys. I like that I've got this moment with the guys. Um it's cool to be able to share that and see that and and get that you know broadcasted out on Twitter. My favorite moment social. was Alec Martinez yelling yeah. Phil yeah, Phil yeah, yeah. after the team picture. That and, was good. And he couldn't he couldn't like turn around no. and get out of there fast enough. It was I fantastic. think it's it's very similar to our group during the commercial breaks Here? Okay. with yeah. the chemistry. Mm-hmm. Now, fortunately, 
or unfortunately, people get to experience what we do during the commercial <laughs> that's, breaks because we go true. on the air. Yeah, that's a good point. Look at Chapman over there shaking his head. You thought you were getting off scot-free with this, like didn't six, you? Six shades no, of red right I'm, now. I'm ne- I never get off scot-free when you're involved. So, <laughs> Chapman, Chapman, of the of the times that we are on the air during the break, how many? How like what's the percentage of of your awareness of that? Like when we if we're on ten times, how, how many, many times, times do, do we know? tell you that we're on the air, or do you tell us that we've been on the yeah. air? Well, usually I'll get a I'll get a text message. From someone, or I'll get a tweet from someone telling me, "Hey, you guys are on the air." See, See I now, disagree with that. I think it's more often Ryan or I getting a tweet telling well, you, well, "Ryan hey, gets." I think we're on the air here. When when we're off the air, Ryan usually gets the text messages. <laughs> See, and you see that little, like, chain thing don't, hanging don't, from the chain? Don't no, 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 change, I'm, I'm don't just telling change you. this whole so, thing. So it used to be that I, I that would tell you light right up now, when I, we were off the air, so I would, like, five seconds, oh, okay. We're not talking about being off the air. No, we're talking on about the, being on I, the I air. Have no, I have no idea when, when we're on the air when we're not supposed to be. I only know when, when I get told. <laughs> Zero awareness. That's Zero. Fantastic. But. My buddy, my buddy Nate will send me a note. Hey, uh, we can hear what you guys are saying. Or my wife will send a note. Hey, yeah, well, uh, well, what, what are you guys talking about? Yeah, uh, I, Chapman well, being able to marry you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, how did, how did your wife you were, take that? You were, going yeah. to, you, you were going to officiate our marriage. Yeah, so, so yeah. When, when you and, and, and the wife, Mrs. Mrs. Millard, when you guys yeah. re- renew your nuptials, yeah. you just give me a text message, and, can, and now she knows. She said, you know vows? what she said? Don't book the little church too soon. Yes. Oh. She's, she's not. She's not. Oh. Buying what you're oh. selling. Oh, I, I'd be there. great. I would. I would be like the guy in in what? What was it? The uh, the the the, the this princess is your story. bride. Okay. The priest and princess bride. I didn't see it. No. Oh. Marriage. <laughs> so so he hasn't seen Strange I'll, Brew. I'll go. You I'll go seen... watch Princess Bride if he'll watch Strange Brew. I think that's uh, a fair trade off. You guys think those I are have both that great movies? Time. Come on, I'm not doing Dude, that. Dude, your your kids. Well, maybe your kids wouldn't love Strange Brew, but <laughs> Mrs. Wallace would like Strange Brew. You think so? <laughs> I've, I've been out drinking with Mrs. Wallace for sure. I think she would she would enjoy that. Absolutely, she's a fun lady. Bob and Doug. The, you know what? She she takes no garbage from anybody. No, either, she so, doesn't. So that's fantastic. Not it's at all. The VGK Insider Show one timers coming up next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. Boston Bruins, one of those 10 teams that made a coaching change this summer. But the big reason why everybody thought there would be a slow start with the Bruins was because of injuries and absences in the lineup. But... Charlie McAvoy and Brad Marchand in particular. Brad practiced the last couple of days, so was on the power play, but head coach Jim Montgomery said, hey, we probably won't see him until Thanksgiving. Yep. Don't get ahead of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. A day later, he's in the lineup. A day later, mm-hmm. he's scoring. A yep. day later, he's got a multi-point game coming wow. off double hip surgery as the Boston Bruins look like they're going to continue this Startling start yeah. to the season as they lead the Detroit Red Wings. All right, I think the Bruins are going to make the playoffs. This is wild. And Marchand said <laughs> we had this date circled on the calendar months ago. Yeah. But according to 
the medical people and the previous comments by the Boston Bruins, mm-hmm. he's a month ahead of when he was supposed to be available to the Boston Bruins. Yeah, he's a machine, right? Um, good on Brad Marchand for, for doing whatever he needed to do to kind of get himself back into the uh, into the lineup. Um, players these days. And I didn't even question Jim Montgomery yesterday. Well, because because he said, look, it, it we won't see him until Thanksgiving. Yeah, he's and I, I know he's a month ahead of schedule. Right, I'm not gonna go and say, hey, if he's practicing, he should be able to go in. I was thinking a little bit, but I'm like, it it sounds legit. He's a month away. Sure, he's gonna practice <laughs> yeah. a couple of times. Yeah. Montgomery's answer today, when asked about that, was I was a little coy yesterday because we didn't want to get too ahead of ourselves. We wanted to see how he responded to a good hard practice. I'm excited to coach him and the energy and the work ethic that he brings to make the Bruins better tonight. So he, Jim knew he was just holding on to the reins a mm-hmm. little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. I, I think it's tempering expectations. And, but and I'm, I'm blown away that he's a month ahead of schedule. That's the right way to do it if you're Jim Montgomery. Like, I, I think that he said what he needed to say yesterday. And for Brad Martin, like, you have, you have no idea, right? Like, Marshan could have woken up today, and it would have been it could have been the, the wrong direction, and he, he he would have not been able to play. But obviously, he's good, and you you talk about it, he's already got a goal and an assist. He's factored into both goals for the Boston Bruins. They're up two to nothing on the Detroit Red Wings at the tail end of the second period, and I thought injuries were going to define the Bruins' early early season. I really did, and it hasn't. And now that Marshan's back. I think I'm just going to come around to the Boston Bruins are good narrative. I'm going to jump on the train. I'm going to pre- I'm going to pretend like I never said they were going to miss the playoffs. Brad even admitted he thought it was going to be the end of November before he got back. Now, just so you know, he's not all the way back. He scored a goal and an assist tonight. It's good. They play tomorrow night in Columbus. He's not even making the trip. Hmm. He's not going to play in back-to-back games. They're going to ease him in first game, have a, a couple of days to recover. A little load management. So, so we're led to believe. Okay. That, like, <laughs> that that could change. And I'm not blaming Jimmy here yeah. uh, at all. Brad just gets on the plane. He might just say, I feel great. Let's go. <laughs> and they might have to hold him back. Yeah. And because I, I just, I never saw him being it. it it's different if it's. He's two weeks ahead of schedule, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we might get him in five days earlier or six days earlier. A month at the end of November. Mm-hmm. We're not in November yet. No. As far as I know. Not yet. Right? We've passed a Thanksgiving, though. Yeah, but I, do, I don't keep track of dates. Sometimes, well, I, most most just, times, I know you, months. You know, Canadian Thanksgiving. Is oh in no, October Canadian Thanksgiving. Oh, do we have a um, good? We we had a good one on Canadian oh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, no, thanks for the was, invite. I appreciate. Well, it. Well, you're not Canadian. You guys kind of got a little bit uh, exposed to some Canadiana today with with Jody Hudson and uh-huh. then uh, John Shannon. But because the hockey you, we you watch got, isn't. You enough. gotta have a passport to get into our Thanksgiving or oh, be connected or okay. be connected right. to a Canadian. Well, I ain't married. Oh. I mean, it was just a sorry. way to exclude yeah. you. Yeah, yeah sorry. Because I've got, got the passport, but... So what do you no, serve? No, like, a Canadian well, passport, no, no, listen, you moron. Listen, he realized that it was you were going to go with the I have a passport route, and yeah, yeah. he had to come up with another no. way to exclude you. It was fantastic. 
I said he's got to have a Canadian passport. You did not. You, you amended it. You amended it now. I thought it was fairly it's a, logical. Eh, it's a, it's so, so what is what is what does Darren serve at Canadian Thanksgiving? Same thing. Oh. Well, we had pierogies this year, though. Ooh, oh, pierogies are one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. we had uh, we had some that. Uh, we're, so- we're coming next year. Me and Ryan, not a chance. Yeah. Oh, not. If, if there's pierogies on the menu, I'm I'm coming. It's it's wrong to do Shane Thanksgiving Nutt- in October. Shane Natty uh, <laughs> is at the gate. Oh, no chance you're getting in. I think Shane likes me. Ask him. I will. Okay, go up to him tomorrow. Wait, and say, at, at hey, the, no, no, no. I'll, we wait, I'll wait till I show up at Canadian Thanksgiving at your house. I'll we have good? a plate of pierogies. Uh, other games that are taking place tonight: Minnesota drilling Ottawa. I think Ottawa's in big trouble. You guys. Yeah, I don't want to hear it. Josh Norris being out. Yeah. Uh, I. They are to a nice start. Yeah. But losing your number one center at this stage of the season, the the. I, I don't know how long the goaltending can can keep up uh, because uh, Talbot's still not back. I think I think Ottawa's in a a real challenge for the next three or four weeks before they settle. Thing they may have to make a trade to, yeah. to bring somebody else in when you lose your number one center like that. And it doesn't sound like Norris is going to be back anytime soon. Yeah, I, I think that you're right on the money there. Um, the Ottawa Senators with Josh Norris, it was going to be. <laughs> A stretch that they were going to take the jump that I wanted to see them take. Without Josh Norris, they need something else. They are going to need another player down the middle to help fortify this team if they have any desire, any any legitimate chance of pushing late into the season for a playoff spot. So I don't know how it's going to work out. I mean, obviously getting Cam Talbot back into the fold would be helpful. Um, but when you are a team that is built to score goals, and you're missing your best center, uh, you you don't have enough defensively and you don't have enough in goal to kind of make up for that. Edmonton beat St. Louis last night. Yep. That are is you a sold, of fact. Are you sold on Edmonton? No. I Going to be been. okay? I, I haven't been sold on Edmonton because they, they've been kind of lackluster to start the year. And, like, when you look at a Tampa Bay Lightning team that's lackluster, you're like, ah, it's Tampa. They'll figure it out. There's a few teams that have been... right. Col- even Colorado's been like up and down. It, you know, you've you've kind of got that that post Stanley Cup hangover. Pedestrian point. is but the word. That's a great word, Darren. Yeah. That is a thesaurus in your mind. Um, I I think Edmonton's been pedestrian, and they just haven't really jumped out at me. Like I I I do. I will say they're coming off of two really good wins. They they absolutely caved in the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then they beat the uh, the St. Louis Blues. So maybe they're turning a corner. Maybe they're starting to find their stride. Uh, but they've been pretty pedestrian to, to start the year. Their goaltending's been a little bit suspect at times. Um, I'm not 100% sold on the Edmonton Oilers just yet. Who's better, Montreal or Buffalo? Oh, gosh. I, I know my wife's listening, so I'm saying Buffalo. For sure. And they should be because they're a better hockey, they're a better hockey team than Montreal. Hmm. I don't know about that. Okay. We'll, we'll see when when all is said and done. They've added some nice pieces. Montreal should be playing for Connor Bedard, but we know Buffalo, this. But Buffalo being able to handle success is an, is an issue. They 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 get out of the gate like Listen, a cannon. You're absolutely right on that. Like the Buffalo Sabers in October are fantastic. The, like year the, after year after year, yes, even when yeah. they, they're supposed to be bad, they right. they surprise. Right every year they are an October team for sure. The question becomes, what do they do in November and December? Like, the biggest question mark for me, and as well as he's played already this year uh, in Craig Anderson, like, 
can you get a dialed in Craig Anderson? Is he going to be able to to kind of hold the fort down and, and Eric Comrie to an extent? I think the, the goaltending is great. I think the the you, other parts of their their game, the blue lines beat up the, right now. You think the goaltending's yeah, going to hold I, up? I think I think Craig Anderson, uh, at forty one years of age, the way he reads releases yeah. is just fine. Like I, he is he the is a different he's a different level of goaltender, different style of goaltender, and Eric Comrie is ready to take over. So in this instance, the goalies are propping up the defense. I, I think I, I yeah. think the goaltending has been really good so far uh, for for Buffalo. Look, their blue line so you, has been exposed by injury. So you don't you don't buy you don't buy the Sabers at all. Compared to Montreal, yeah. that was my question. I, I think it's a really good horse race there between the two, and one team's looking to take a big step, and the other one's still in the early goings of a of a rebuild, but with some solid players, solid offensive players. In the mix, I think Montreal could surprise where Buffalo, in the end, has another mediocre season because of what I'm seeing from an injury standpoint. Yeah, that's interesting. If you, if you don't have guys to defend, it's going to make it really hard on everybody, whether you've got great goaltending or not. Hey, I was talking about defensemen. We've got uh, an update on Jacob Chikrin. Suffered a setback in his recovery from wrist surgery. Coyotes blue liner, he's week to week. Okay. Never so that's gonna, another never couple. Get traded. I, he's got to come back and play a couple. I know they want to trade him. I know they do. He wants. They to go. want too much for him. But if he's not back playing, and he doesn't get off to any type of start or yeah. get healthy, yeah. they. I'm not going to say they missed their window, but they may have passed the best opportunity, best return date. Well, yeah, it's it's not a it's not a closed window, but your return is not going to be what it could have mm-hmm. been. It's just that simple. Like, if you're the Coyotes, you have to hope that Jacob Chicken is able to get healthy and he's able to play. And when he returns to play for you for however many games it ends up being, he's productive and good because that's the only way you're going to recoup some of the assets you lost by not trading him sooner. Uh, Lawrence Blute and Kale Clegg have been recalled from Rochester. I was hoping it would be Mitch Elliott recalled. Darren Elliott's son. Oh, nice. Plays for uh, the Rochester mm. Americans as a blue liner. Uh, that uh, was interesting what John Shannon, if you missed any of John Shannon, it was a wide-ranging conversation, uh, a lot of hockey, and then some fun in it, but uh, discussing the Arizona Coyotes who uh, will play their first four games at the small Mullet Arena, which is uh, part of the Arizona State University uh, campus. Uh, the visitor dress rooms will be a manufactured uh, pipe and drape rink uh, mm-hmm. dressing room on Pictures top of Rink there. B. Yep. Yeah, uh, so out there. Uh, that's going to be cool. They have to walk outside, John said, to get into the the main rink that uh-huh. they're going to play in, so that'll be different. I don't know whether that's ever happened before. Uh, but I was uh, intrigued that Arizona State gave permission for the Coyotes to use their facility. I was in the understanding by NCAA rules that that was prohibited. So that must have went right to the very top. Yeah, it probably did. And to, you know, for at least for the Arizona Coyotes, they'll have a spot, right? Like they've got their, yeah. uh, that'll that'll feel somewhat familiar for them. Uh, I, I, I still, as much as the jokes maybe aren't warranted here for the, uh, for the temporary locker room, I still cannot believe it's called Mullet Arena. Oh, because 
It's just the hockey terminology. Yeah. Yeah. It, come on. It's. Uh, I think it's perfectly, perfectly phrased. Mullet goes with the game, even though it's not intended to in the, the same the, fashion. The rink here. isn't big enough to have a party in the back. Well, it does at one section. Okay. The student section. Yeah. At that's the fair. at the visitor end. It's outstanding. Trust me on that. I've seen a little bit of video on the, on that one, and it gets going. Uh, those are your one-timers for this Thursday, October 10th on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So I, I make no... I don't hide that I'm a big, big Liverpool supporter, but uh, one of the things I love about the club is how it, it's a part of the community, and there are fan bases all over the country, including here in Las Vegas. There's a official Liverpool supporters group in Las Vegas, and I've got to give them a shout-out because this Saturday morning, they will be donating $10,000 to the Nevada Partnership for homeless youth. That was money all raised by local Liverpool supporters here in Vegas. And they they do so by, they have raffles for memorabilia during games and they sell tickets and stuff during the Liverpool games over at McMullen's Pub. So Brian McMullen, big shout out to him as well. Awesome, but, dude. But, you know, very, very cool stuff done by the local Liverpool supporters here. So big shout out to Roddy, Brian, and Stacy for stepping up to the plate and helping homeless youth here in Southern Nevada. It's something that, that I think is, is extremely admirable and, and I want to give them a ton of, a ton of props for going above and beyond here locally in Southern Nevada. McMullen's is a rite of passage. I love that place. Irish in nachos, Vegas. baby. Yeah. Just, you, you gotta get over there. They're so good to the hockey community as well over the years and uh, the hockey family. Uh, I love it. Being able to roll in there, have a pop, Midnight games. Chat it. Chat Irish. it up. No, no, no. Midnight games after the game. Irish nachos. So no, you go I to the UNLV them. game tonight, and then you roll over to McMullen's after for some Irish nachos? I've been up since five. Why not? No, yeah. I was told that, that Derek England actually met his wife at McMullen's pub. Do you know that for sure? I was told that, yes. So you were told that. Do you know that for sure? I, I would say with a high degree of certainty. That's something that you don't necessarily bring up unless you're I, sure. I am I am sure. I don't remember who so told me, but you, but I have I have a lot of confidence <laughs> in in the fact that it was someone who knew. You don't remember who told you? I don't remember. I don't remember who it was like year one when when someone was talking about the fact that he played for the It just seems like a very uh, personal thing to be throwing out there when you don't really know for sure, I, and you can't remember I, I, who I don't told remember you. Who, it may have been him. <laughs> I don't remember who told me. Like You can't make this up. I should uh, I should reach out. You should ask, you him. Should ask yeah. him, yeah. yeah and and you know what? Come back on Tuesday, uh-huh. yeah. because I know you'll be trick-or-treating with the kids on, on Monday, so... Come back on Tuesday. Is there and, anything and else you want to throw out there I'm just, that we can check into on the course of the weekend? I'm just saying when, when like, Derek I've got tells homework you, now because you don't remember who told when, you when something. Derek, and he's when not Derek sure verifies it really happened. That, that, that my story is correct. Amazing. It, it may be 100% true. The fact that you don't know whether it's true and you can't remember who some, told some, you, some, yet you were, you were willing to announce this 
on live I'm radio. I'm just saying it's 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 a good place to to meet people. Maybe meet your significant other at McMullins. It's a, it's that's a great not place. what you were saying. I'm, I'm, that's the point I'm making. It it's a great place to meet people, and possibly your significant other. Ridiculous. <laughs> you guys like Trevor Zegers? Yes. Yeah. So I have him on the podcast this week. Oh, did you? You guys, they're playing Golden Knights tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're hoping for a Golden Knights win. But Zegris is a personality on the ice, but he brings that off the ice in a conversation with you. Yeah. Uh, just a really cool guy. Kale McCarr is also on as well. But uh, oh. Zegris manages to one-up Kale really? just with that wild personality. And to the point that Trevor and I are best buddies now. I'm sure that's true. Listen, you'll hear it. It's, no, 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 it's no, no. awesome. Did, did he tell we, you that? Did we someone are, tell you that you guys are friends now? No, no, he told me. Oh, okay. I got, and I can remember okay. who told me, Fantastic. and it was him. Is he going to come up to the booth tomorrow and be like, hey, Listen, Darren, we're buds. No, you know he's why? You know why he's not going to be doing that? Oh, he's going to be wearing skates. Ah, okay. It's very difficult to get up to the booth. Three o'clock start tomorrow, no VGK Insider Show, because we'll be on the air talking hockey on Fox Sports Las Vegas.